0: Now, you asked me to talk about Sila also. Hmm? You remember that? Now, Sila comprises the three middle factors, right? And I told you that Sila is the abstention from the wrongdoing by bodily actions and speech. Now, Sila is the control of bodily actions and speech and not necessarily of mind first you must understand this the nature of sila is to control your bodily actions and verbal actions that means just by having unwholesome thoughts your sila is not broken there are some people who say, even if you kill a living being in your mind, you are breaking the precept. But that is not true. Because sila concerns with bodily action and verbal action. Only when you, you kill a being, yourself, or you ask another person to kill that living being, do you break that precept. You may have uh, desire or you may want to kill a living being, but so long as you do not kill it, so long as you do not have uh, another person kill it, you are not breaking the rule. You are not breaking the precept. Although your sila may be not ideally pure because your mind is now contaminated with hate. But although there is hate in your mind, Although you have, uh, you want to, you want to kill a living being, so long as you do not do it bodily or by asking other people, your sila is still intact. You are not, uh, you have not broken that precept. So that you must understand. And so, only the abstention from bodily, uh, wrong bodily actions and wrong verbal actions can be sila. So, the, there are the karma that that are done in mind only. And those cannot be sila. Although they may be called wrongdoings, it, they are wrongdoings in your mind. And so they they cannot be sila. In 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 your prayer book, I found all ten, abstention of all ten. I think there should be abstention of the first seven only. You say I I vow that to abstain from killing living beings and so on. They are all right, but I vow to abstain from covetousness and so on. The, they, they are not in the domain of sila, although it is good to abstain from, gaudas and so on. So they are not to be to be practiced as sila. As I said, sila is very important. Purity of sila is important, especially for those who practice meditation, because sila is a very firm foundation on which we we make the. We build the structure of Samadhi and Panya. So, there are some people who, who do not emphasize on this, the purity of sila. And they may say, it's okay to do this or that and so on. But when you are practicing meditation, it should, uh, your sila should be really pure. Once a person has taken the refuge he or she becomes a disciple of the Buddha. So in, in modern terms, we may say he or she becomes a Buddhist. So after taking the refuge, one becomes a disciple of the Buddha. And so one has to, to keep the, the moral precepts uh, uh, that are called precepts for devotees. Precepts or Upasakas. And it is said that a person who has taken refuge in the Buddha Dhamma Sangha and become a, a disciple of the Buddha should keep five precepts. That means every Buddhist is expected to keep these five precepts. And you know, you already know these five precepts, no? You know the five precepts? Abstention from, killing, abstention from, stealing, abstention from, sexual misconduct, abstention from, lying, abstention from, hmm, so t- taking intoxicants, drugs and so on. So these are the five, five precepts all Buddhists are expected to keep. And as I said before, only when you, no, no, the first one, killing, huh? only when you kill Is a precept broken, only when you tell a lie is this uh, precept broken and so on. Just by thinking in your mind, it does not constitute breaking of this sila. Although your sila may be not very pure, right? So, and these five precepts are not like commandments in Christianity. They are not the commands of Buddha. Buddha taught this based on comparing oneself with others. Once, Buddha went to a place and Brahmins and many people from that place went to the Buddha. And then they said, Bhante, we are Li people. Now we enjoy, say, pleasures. And we we enjoy good food. We we use the best of the uh, perfumes and so on. We use the best uh, clothes. So we are lay people, and we have families. We have children. And please teach us something so that while being lay laymen like 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 this, we can uh, gain happiness. And Buddha taught them five, uh, seven, Buddha taught them eight, uh, seven, seven precepts. Buddha said, a person who does not want to die, who wants to live. Now, if a person kills another person who, who wants to live and who does not want to die, that person who is killed will not like it. And if, if somebody comes to, say, some, some, somebody comes to me and kill me, I don't like it. Since I don't like uh, other people to come and kill me, other people will not like when I go to them and kill them. So considering that, or, or comparing oneself with others, I should abstain from killing and so on. So Buddha's precepts are based on this, um, comparing oneself with others, not not, not, not the commandments put down by the Buddha. So in this way, we we abstain from killing. I don't want to be killed, right? You don't want to be killed. So if you don't want to be killed, it is fair that you don't kill others. If you don't want to... uh, if you don't want your properties to be stolen, then you should not take other people's property. So in this way, you, you compare yourself with others and you abstain from stealing and so on. So these five precepts are based on comparing oneself with others. And in that way, uh, lay people should keep these five precepts. And there are some conditions where one really knows whether a, a precept is broken or not. For example, killing. Right? So, in order to break the precept, then one must know that this is a living being. First, it must be a living being. And then you know that it is a living being. And then you have the intention to kill. And then you make the effort, and the, the being is killed. So only when these five conditions are fulfilled, does that uh, rule is broken and you, come to, uh, to, to, you commit the offense of killing, and something like that. So, when all these five are not, not fulfilled, then the, the, the Akusala Kama is not so great. But when these five are uh, fulfilled, then it is called the Kama has gone the full course of action. To, 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 to go to the full course of action means to become a real bad Kama. So for a Buddhist, it is important that uh, he or she keep these five precepts as long as he or she lives. There is a saying in Burmese, uh, you should keep the five precepts as you, as you keep your uh, clothes. So we, uh, all, all Buddhists must try to keep these precepts. But sometimes... One may be broken. So, when you know it is broken, then you, you take the precepts again. So, in that way, you, you amend the broken precepts. And purity of Sila is again, it is very important. And purity of Sila can give you joy, it gives you happiness. When your Sila is pure, you don't, you, you don't blame yourself. So that is one joy you get. You you don't feel remorse. Because you look back your moral moral contact and you, you, you see it pure and so you feel joy at it. When you feel joy, you are happy, and when you're happy, your your body also becomes comfortable and peaceful, and so you can get samadhi easily. If you are if your sila is not pure, you cannot get samadhi easily. So this samadhi can lead to the, the penetrating into the nature of things. And so import, the, the importance of the purity of sila cannot be overemphasized. Some people may say, oh, you are overemphasizing the purity of sila. But no, because pure, it is, uh, purity of sila is a very foundation of our practice. And so, it should be kept pure as, as we keep, uh, as we keep our clothes always. Now, there are some people, they, they want to change here and there. And then they would say, I, I abstain from killing living beings as much as I can. Something like that. <laughs> huh? Did you take precepts like that? Huh? as best I can or as much as I can. Huh? I tell those people, if you take like that, this is not sila. <laughs> you have already put conditions there, huh? conditions for breaking the precept. The because I will do as far as I can. That means I may break it <laughs> if I want to. right? So I think uh, we should take sila and we should not take sila that way. Whether you break it or not later, but when you take the sila, it should be just definite, say, I will not, right, I will abstain from killing living beings, like that. I will abstain from living beings as much as I can, so that is not sila. (laughs) But nowadays people want to make make sila seem uh, easy to practice, and so they may modify here and there. And also there are some people who say, saying, I abstain from killing and so on is negative. We want positive. So they say, I will be uh, compassionate to all beings, instead of saying, I abstain from killing. But that is not sila, according to our definition. Sila is abstaining from something, uh, abstention from killing, stealing and so on. You say, "I, I will have compassion for... For beings, but that is not Sila. That is Bhavana, the mental culture. So now some people are doing like that. They want to be positive. What I want to ask them is if you say uh, abstention from killing living being is negative, then killing living being is positive. (laughs) Huh? No. Sometimes people are led, led astray by, by these words, right? Say, this is negative, this is positive. And uh, as we found out, the, the, the very positive state of Nibbana is described with negative words. So the words may be negative or positive. We, we, don't, we don't need to pay much attention to them. But what we should pay attention to is the real Reality, whether it is really positive or negative. So sometimes people want to change this and that, and so they change the uh, the the very nature of sila. So when you take sila, be be definite and say, just uh, I I will refrain from. I take the precept of. Abstention from killing living beings and stop there <laughs> and not say it, do the best of my ability or something like that. And sometimes you may want to keep more than five precepts. How many precepts can you take? Yeah, five. But sometimes you want to uh, purify yourself more. You want to get more kusala. Eh? How many precepts can you take? Eight precepts. So, what are the eight precepts? You, oh, you, you? your bed cannot be like high, high and luxurious. Yeah. Do you think you will get more kusala when you when you take eight precepts? <laughs> Probably or definitely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you will definitely get more kusala, right? <laughs> now, if you understand abhidhamma. Huh? There can be akusala when eating. Attachment is akusala, or unwholesome mental state. So when we eat, we may eat with attachment. When the food is good, right, we eat with greed. So there is attachment there. But if you don't eat one meal, you you, you avoid attachment for one meal. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, even when eating, there can be attachment and there can be akosalat. Although this agosala may not be very bad, but still it is akosalat. So it is uh, better to keep eight precepts than to keep five precepts. But as lay people, you cannot keep eight precepts always. You have a family, and you have to do business and so on, so you cannot take eight precepts. But from time to time, you can take eight precepts, like on holidays. So in Buddhist countries, uh, people take eight precepts on, on full moon days and new moon days and on the eighth of the uh, first half and second half of the month. So four times a month, they keep eight precepts and so on. And also, lay people can keep ten precepts if they, if they like but that is much more difficult. Ten precepts is just eight precepts plus one, actually. Because the, the seventh is divided into two. And so add one and you get ten precepts. They're not handling gold, silver and money. <laughs> hmm? What? Ten precepts? Yeah, but it is very rare, rare that lay people take ten precepts. It is almost impossible for them. But when I went to Jamaica, I, I met one, one, one layman, a, a He said, he, he, when other people uh, took five precepts, he took ten precepts. So he said he took ten precepts every day. Because he, 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 he had uh, his sons and daughters who would take care of everything for him. And so he is like a monk, so so he could take ten precepts. Uh, otherwise, it is difficult for lay people to to keep ten precepts. So for lay people, the minimum requirement, moral requirement, is five precepts. So long as you are, uh, you are pure with regard to five precepts, your sila is pure. And when your sila is pure, you can practice meditation anytime. time. And there is another kind of sila which is called. Sila with uh, right livelihood as, as the, the eighth factor. So, in that case, you take the first three, right? And, and the four, that is abstention from lying, uh, slandering, harsh speech, and faint talk. And then uh, abstaining from wrong livelihood. So, these eight also some people take. So... When you take these eight precepts, uh, you, can, you can take food in the afternoon. <laughs> you, may, you may like that, huh? <laughs> but you, you, you should be very careful, right? Lying is okay and slandering. But harsh speech, sometimes you may be angry and you may say something bad, right? And then vain talk. So you, you keep... You, you 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 keep silent most of the time, not talk much. <laughs> then you can keep these recents. Sayur, sayur, sayur.